Hello and welcome to the Logistics Tribe. I'm Boris Felgendreher, founder of the Logistics Tribe, and today's episode is hosted by Marco Prügelmeier. Marco sat down with Tobias Herrick. Tobias is part of the management team at Ipolog, an interlogistics and production planning software company based in Germany. He's also host of Fabrik der Zukunft, a German-speaking podcast about the factory of the future. So both Marco and Tobias are interlogistics experts, and in this episode, they discuss the current state and future of interlogistics planning. Quite an important and exciting topic. Enjoy. Hello, Tobias. Welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Hello, Marco. Thanks to be here. It's great to be part of your podcast today. Yes, yeah. Uh, and you are actually a, a kind of a planning expert for me. So what I would like to do is to talk a little bit about the, the planning of the future, logistics planning of the future. Um, but before we start into that, um, maybe you could give our audience a, a little overview on, on your person and, and also your company, uh, Epolog, um, so that they know who they are listening to. Yeah, right. Um, I'd like to give you some insights at the beginning. So my name is Tobias Herwig. I'm, I'm part of the management team of Epolog. So um, I, by myself, started my career with assembly and factory planning and lots of logistics planning. So mm -hmm. material flow optimization, planning of completely new factories or optimization of the logistics in inside of uh, existing factories. And this was the, the start of my career. And I had a lot of experiences in, in different companies all over the world. So starting with small, medium sized enterprises to the big corporates you, you already know. And, uh, it was a really great experience to, to see all of these um, factories. So if I talk about logistics, my, my main background is logistics inside a factory. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the first thing you need to know. Um, with this experience in the background, I started at Epolog. So at this time, Epolog provides um, logistic planning and factory planning services. But they started to develop a software called Epolog as well. And um, together with the software, I did some projects and I started to build up sales and marketing for uh, the software. And so this was the start more and more going into the management. And uh, now I'm responsible for all customer related stuff at Epolog. So starting with marketing, going to sales and with our IT service team as well. Epolog is a logistic planning software. So not only logistic, but also assembly planning uh, as part of the overall factory planning. So I'm really experienced um, in all these topics, talking about data, talking about simulation, talking about digital 3D planning of logistics. So, and that's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this topic with you today. Well, thank you very much. Um... Yeah, let's start uh, uh, with one special topic that, that I always have in mind when it comes to the future of logistics planning, uh, and that's VR, virtual reality. Um, <laughs> is this something that, that you are already in with, with Epolog, um, or, or how do you see it? Yeah, so I think a really important part is always visualization of data, yeah? Mm -hmm. So that means, if you if you talk about planning, it's a creative process, and to support this creative process, you need to involve a lot of people. So especially if you talk about logistics planning, um, so logistics planning 
has a lot of different interfaces if we talk about production, if we talk about uh, incoming logistics, uh, inbound logistics, if we talk about the overall factory planning and so on. So it means you need to have the communication with a lot of people and of course um, with the complete hierarchy. So starting with your boss down to the shop floor and the best language we could have is visualization. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's the reason why I think visualization is really important if you talk about logistics planning, but I think it don't need to be we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are could helpful. So if you talk about our software epoch, it's just one click. You have uh, a file which you could um, use for every we are viewer and a lot of our customers use this. But that's not the really important part. The more important part to have these 3D data and to make it visible really easy. Yeah, so for everyone. And sometimes it's better to have a desktop and to have a visualization than have no visualization. But of course, sometimes it's great to see a complete factory with all AGVs and taco trains and so on in 3D inside a VR. Yeah, so that's. Uh, that's impressive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I really like that approach because uh, what you're saying is that in, in some use cases, it really makes sense. Yeah, and, and you want to, to have a 3D visualization of the environment. I could imagine that it's it's very helpful for the line side planning, for example. Yes, if you, yeah. If you got your, your uh, shelves at the assembly uh, side or, or uh, at the assembly line, and you have to actually decide does this bin, additional bin fit there or not and so on. So there it could be uh, really helpful. Yes, and but let's take one uh, note because I know that there are some use cases to say, okay, let's start to put every box into the rack, put the rack to this line side and, and see does it fit or not. But with Epoloc, we have a completely other approach. Okay. We have clever algorithms in the background which do it completely automatically. Mm -hmm. And with just one click, you could have a look at it in VR. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, of course, it's perfect to plan this in VR, or it seems to be perfect, but it's a lot of manual work. It's easy to automate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, VR is more like a communication for us because we see, um, especially this use case, uh, it's much faster if you automate this, especially if you talk about changes in the, for example, production program or the line balancing we could automatically update the line-side material mm -hmm. and you could jump into VR or in your 3D uh, application and see the, uh, the changes. So. so it's actually even better. Uh, and are you already using some kind of AI uh, algorithms in the background or neural networks or something like no, that right. to, to do this planning? Or is it just a, like like standard planning? Right now we don't use AI, so mm -hmm. it's it's always a discussion. Does it help or not? And to be honest, uh, in most cases it's a it's hard to get the data, mm -hmm. or not to get data, but to get actual data, and to link the data. Yeah. So because we we often have lots of different uh, data sources, yeah, often different Excel sheets, yeah, uh, sometimes third-party systems. And the biggest challenge at the beginning of a planning project is to bring this data together into one digital model. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not a question to have really high sophisticated AIs to work with this data. It's more a question to make this transparent and visible and usable for the worker 
for the planner, excuse me, mm -hmm. uh, to, to have this creative process of designing the new material flow. Mm -hmm. So, and those, those planning algorithms that you have implemented in your software, so they are giving you a suggestion uh, of the, the, the planning or, and, and how it could be done. Yeah? And then the planner can bring in his creativity and change this, this uh, uh, initial planning. Is that, uh, did I get that right? Yes, it, it's always a question about the detailed use case. So if you talk about the line side material, it's exactly like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. our algorithm makes a suggestion for the placement of all the boxes, of the placement of the racks. So we take care of all the other facilities inside the factory and um, use this to create our 3D geometry and make mm -hmm. uh, numeric data. So the number of boxes we need for this um, uh, logistic workplace or for this um, assembly line or something like that, uh, we make this visible. Mm -hmm. And after this, it's not uh, fixed, it's flexible. So the worker could, uh, the planner could use this data to uh, manipulate it. So mm -hmm. he could directly jump into this model move the rack, change the rack, change the mm -hmm. box, move the box. So, mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I think it's I... really important to, to be the, 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 the chief of the planning and have the possibility mm -hmm. to change this because we don't have all the necessary information inside our digital model. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there could be some information, uh, only in the, the mind of the planner itself and mm -hmm. he needs to take care of this information. Okay, I see. And and at any time in the process, I can basically push the magic button and jump into VR and and see if this helps me more. This this kind of view and and this three D view. And yeah. if I don't want it, I I don't need it. And uh, then I just stay in my two uh, D visualization. Yeah, two right? D is normal with Epoloc, and we have lots of export uh, functionality. And one is that we could export this in a format that you could use it in a VR visualization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if I'm uh, thinking back uh, when I was responsible for logistics planning back at BMW some, some years ago, I remember that probably 70%, maybe even more of the time that we uh, used for planning was gathering all the data <laughs> to mm -hmm. do actually the logistics planning job. Uh, is it still that way, or uh, how does it look today, uh, Tobias? Yeah, it's, uh, data is always a big question. So um, right now, if you do a first project, <clears throat> it's it's uh, you the same work. You need to collect the data. Yeah, and we have really easy interfaces. For example, um, to import Excel sheets. So you have a logistic quantity framework with all the parts. You, you often have it in Excel. You could input it with Excel and it's fine. Yeah. Um, we have some tools to support this uh, data collection and import process. Yeah. But that's always the beginning. Later on, we have a lot of different interfaces like web APIs, where we could build direct interfaces to third party systems, especially for the needs of our customers. And that's always the target if we work together with our clients to have integrated software solutions uh, together with all the other systems, because you will have a cut system for your layout planning, for example. Mm -hmm. You you will have an um, a ERP system. Uh, there are other systems for, for example, planning of the automation 
or uh, some parts of the production. And these need to be linked together. And that's something which is possible, uh, but it will be hard to do this as a first step. So you need to start slow, first do it manually, and later on integrate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if the data in the process changes, which is always the, the case because the, uh, the the items that you are planning for are, are um, actually changing, so the, the, the bill of material changes and so on, um, then you have to do this to retrace this manually or is there, um, yeah, is there a tool for it to keep on track? Yeah, the first thing, if you have these integrated interfaces, you could do it automatically. But um, the process inside our software or inside the logistic planning depends on the changes. So some changes could uh, be automatically um, involved into the planning. So for example, if there is an update in uh, the number of parts you need yeah, in, in the production, that's something you could change and you could directly see the results to the numbers of taco trains, AGVs, or area dune. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, but perhaps there is a bigger change. For example, you need to part at a completely other position inside the factory. Then it could be that you need to do something manually. For example, if you have taco train routes, you need to reconfigure the route. Mm -hmm. Or you need to start our algorithm who suggests a new route. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have an AGV, that's flexible, no problem. Yeah, um, you, you you could directly use this new position uh, for the new part and recalculate everything, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, one other question that I'm um, uh, always being asked is, um, how does the the planning change with uh, future the, the future? Uh, um, yeah, um, deployment of AMRs, like autonomous ah, okay. mobile transports. So uh, because those are not yeah, uh, AGVs anymore that follow always the same line, they could actually uh, drive to the right side or to the left side or uh, find a new path, uh, which is the advantage of the AMR. Um, but how, how do you plan that stuff in the future? What, what is your approach to that? Or your thinking? Or do you yeah. have already something? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it was implemented really at the beginning of our functionality to simulate uh, HUVs or AMRs. Yeah. So, um, of course, we could say there's a fixed route, so like a tracker train. Yeah. Or you could say it's a direct transport like a, a forklift. Yeah. And it always looks for the shortest or fastest way to achieve his, his target location. And um, that's the normal way you simulate factories right now because it's more and more the future that you will have AMRs in, in the factory. Um, of course, there are some specially, uh, special things you need to take care of, yeah? Because we, we don't know all the uh, parameters of reality, so it's always a digital model. So, for example, if there is a, a traffic jam or something like that, because there is a worker at the at the street and the AMR, in reality, will use a completely other way. That's something we can't simulate. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's okay if we talk about the numbers of AMRs you like to or you you will need for the factory. That's something we could simulate very easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But basically, then you are building. Uh, um, 
blocks for different uh, tasks that the AMR is fulfilling, like like for docking underneath a, a container or something. Um, it takes normally that and that amount of time, uh, and you get this and, and that variation on it, uh, and that's the, the uh, input for your simulation, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not really simulating the, the actual brain of the AMR. And yes. Now I'm driving to the right or to the left. So that's not part of the simulation, right? Right, not not. So um, to, to explain a little bit uh, how we work with simulation, because it's really special. Mm -hmm. uh, Epoloc is at first a logistic planning tool, yeah, or planning platform. Uh, so our first um, focus is not to simulate a material flow. It's more that you do the planning. So you bring the data together, you design the material flow. So you have possibilities with a workflow designer to create all the different steps you have, uh, decide which process do you need, which resources do you need, and create these uh, overall material flow. Um, of course, there are some parts where you need to design the layout, design your, your transportation network inside the factory and so on. And with just one click, you could simulate this uh, in our software. So you don't need to program anything, any method, or you need to write code, yeah? Mm -hmm. Because based on uh, the data in the background, and of course we have a digital model of an AMR, yeah? Mm -hmm. And where you could give some uh, parameters to it. Um, but based on our algorithms, we created 3D simulation in the background and you could see it in 3D and you could see the results directly um, based on, on the actual planning. And if there's a change inside your plan or inside the data you, you update, then you directly will see the, the results to the um, digital model and mm -hmm. to the simulation. So that's the first important thing because it's completely different like the normal material flow simulation you know. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because yeah. normally you would have to build it up separately. Yeah, right. To, to simulate it, and yeah. and this is basically integrated in your planning tool, and you're using the planning parameter to simulate the the, um, the logistics environment, right? Yes, right, and yeah. and that causes uh, that you need only two days training to do a logistic planning with our software mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's that easy. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's really uh, really focused on these logistic planning use cases. So we could simulate HEVs, tucker trains, and forklifts, mm -hmm. and we could simulate the, the people. So mean a uh, uh, picking process or the, the worker inside an assembly line, for example. But that's everything we could simulate. Yeah, We can't simulate a, a cobot or a robot, or we are not able to simulate the warehouse in detail. So if you talk about an automated warehouse, mm -hmm. so that's only a black box for us. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, we're really focused, and that's the reason why we could do it that automatically. So the planning and the simulation well integrated. Mm -hmm. And if you're then taking a look at the simulation uh, while running, could you do this also in VR? Is that also possible with this magic button that we were talking <laughs> right about? Right now, before? not. So we're working on, on some ideas to, okay. to make it a little bit more integrative. So... Um, we have a really strong uh, visualization right now, but we plan to improve this. And mm -hmm. there are some really inspiring ideas to bring a lot of different data, real-time data as well, uh, into our visualization. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of new ideas there. Um, yeah, and and you actually mentioned now uh, one uh, other very interesting topic, and I can remember that also from my my past planning experience, that it always usually you always use the existing plan the existing real world data to start your planning, right? So um, you want you could to, do this, yeah. You you would like to go what's go, what's going on 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 the shop floor. Um, how do you see this uh, um, integration of the planning world and the, the physical shop floor world? Um, how does this happen in the future or is it already there or how do you see that? Yeah, so it's really important to, um, to connect the factory planning, so the more strategic planning with the, the daily business. So. Um, at the end, you need to have a, a digital planning model who is really close to reality. Mm -hmm. Some it, call it, it digital twin, right? Yes, but digital twin sometimes, or from my side, I would say digital twin is always the real-time data digital yeah. twin. Yeah, right. And I'm, if you talk about the strategic planning, you could say it's a planning digital twin, but I like to say it's a digital model yeah. um, because it's... Uh, it's like the digital twin of the factory, but in the future. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And um, to create such a um, digital plan of the uh, planning, um, it's always important to use the data you have right off your existing factory. So mm -hmm. that could, um, one part could be to use um, um, data out of your MES or EOP system as a numeric databases for the factory planning or the logistic planning. Mm -hmm. Another thing is um, to have the 3D geometry out of the real plant. So uh, in this case, there are really smart companies like Nevis mm -hmm. um, who have uh, scanning trolleys or like a scanning uh, backpack. Yeah, mm -hmm. You could walk or uh, move this uh, trolley through the factory and you will have a really fast, uh, really accurate uh, 3D model, which helps to have a uh, 3d model for for just uh, for for the logistic planning afterwards or maybe in the future we can actually use the, the amr data to create yes <laughs> the, the, uh, digital mapping of the um uh, of the factory yeah? mm -hmm. right so th there are some really great ideas because if you have the lidar sensor you could use perhaps this data as well to have an an actual version of the the map or you have a map right now, but a 3D model is a little bit more complicated, but you, perhaps we could create this as well. So from our side, it's um, we only need to have a 2D model to do the logistic planning. So all important logistic 3D data we could create by our own. Yeah, For example, the placement of all the racks and, and boxes and so on. But of course, it's nice to, to see the facilities around the logistics in 3D as well and not only 2D. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, coming back to the data point uh, and actual, the actual shop floor data, Tobias, um, because this is also an interesting point. Uh, there are some companies out there specialized on that and, and uh, getting advantage out of this data. Uh, I, I just want to mention Silones, uh, another Munich company. 
Um, I think they just raised uh, one billion uh, uh, dollars. I don't know. I'm not sure if, if it's dollars or, or euros, uh, but one billion at a valuation of 11 billion. And I I was always wondering about that because um, we are we had always in, in logistics planning and, and in my former jobs we we always had a hard time. Um, first of all, getting the data, but uh, that is something that could be solved. But even if we solved it, everybody wanted to have the transparency and it was great to see uh, what data you have and the different charts that you could get out of it and so on. Uh, But we were really having a hard time getting uh, um, a turn back uh, or or, uh, um, uh, getting some real money out of that data. Yeah, so some real improvement out of that data. Um, And... um, uh, that's why I'm always wondering about uh, uh, those kinds of, of valuations out there. Um, <laughs> how do you see um, the data point? Uh, do, do you get some experience in that in that direction, or how do you see it? Um, you mean especially if you talk about the shop floor data? Yeah, yeah, and and getting advantage out of the shop floor data. Yeah, so you probably see it more as a as a input data for the planning yes. process, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So we, we we do not work directly with the shop floor data. Of course, we have a really detailed model. So you could start really in the strategic phase of the planning, and you could detail this model um, down to the SOP of a new product or a completely new production. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's the first great thing if you talk about EPOLOC and our digital model. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the uni- unique part. You could use this model um, in operation as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and in this phase of the planning, so it's more technical planning, tactical planning, yeah? Mm-hmm. So it means to, if you want to make small improvements, if you want to uh, have uh, have changes like, a uh, new production program or changes in the variants you like to produce inside a running factory, you could use our digital twin, yeah, name it like this, <laughs> mm-hmm. to to try out these changes in uh, in a sandbox, yeah, mm-hmm. to see the effects to the factory, especially to the logistics, and uh, make right decisions. Um, for example, you know you need to have more workers in some of your logistic areas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something where we use this operational data to give a benefit to see the effects of the near future. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you use your model on a daily basis mm-hmm. in operations, you always have an accurate model if we talk about uh, future projects. So if there are bigger changes, on a more strategic level, you could start directly on a really accurate digital model to make these, for example, what about the next product we want to implement next year? How does it look like? And then you have a perfect model of the reality right now. You could make a scenario of the future and you're really fast and really close to the reality. Mm And I understand that because uh, if you're taking a look at the planning process, you always have quite 
big advantages because you can actually redesign the whole process, right? Yes, right. Um, but if if you take a look at the running business on the shop floor, yeah, you might be able <laughs> That's to, hard, yeah. <laughs> to tweak it a little bit to the one side or to the other one uh, or to uh, get the the, um, the high runners closer by and, and so on. So there are some improvements, but I, I just cannot imagine that the improvements are that high uh, that you can get it on the running shop floor. But yeah, I would I, love to, to if somebody from Celonis is, is listening, <laughs> I would love to... another episode. Yeah. yeah, I would love to have a, an episode about that. Yeah. Now, so that's correct. If you have small changes, it's always hard to achieve big results. And that's a great thing if you talk about the more strategic planning. If you have bigger changes in, in the layout, in the process, uh, or in the overall material flow, it's really great to achieve good results. But if you implemented this material flow or this layout, then you are really limited. Yeah? And that's the reason why there is that huge focus on the logistic planning process, because it's in this process, you have the possibility to design the factory uh, in the best way to achieve the, the best results uh, in a running factory later on. Mm -hmm. uh, Tobias, going a little bit more into the future stuff, uh, I know that uh, you are working with a company that, that I'm a real fan of, yeah, uh, which is NVIDIA. <laughs> uh, and actually, uh, you're working with two companies that I'm a fan of. Uh, the other one is BMW. Right. Um, yeah. But let's uh, uh, let's stick to the the Nvidia part. Uh, Nvidia um, is bringing out a lot of really cool new stuff um, uh, regarding uh, um, 3D vis visualization, uh, and the latest thing was Omniverse. And um, I think that's also something that that uh, um, you took a look at. And uh, what is your opinion? And and what are you up with? Uh, mm -hmm. What can you tell us about the um, the work with Nvidia? Yeah, you're right. We work together with Nvidia. That's correct. So we were featured at the keynote uh, some some weeks ago. Um, that we are part of of the partners uh, working together with omniverse mm -hmm, so uh that's that's something really great to be featured like this mm -hmm. and um of course for us it's really important to have uh, a digital model who is really close to reality i told you mm -hmm. and the other thing is that for us it's really important to have these interfaces to third-party systems to have a, a overall digital model based on lots of different tools. They need to work together and you need to have uh, the data flow through all these different tools that you have really accurate data, that we have really actual data. And that's the reason Omniverse is really interesting for us because Omniverse gives the possibility to use uh, the, the, uh, the data together with other systems to exchange the data and to have real actual data inside our software. So, but it's not only, not only one way, it's, it's both ways. So we could get data out of the factory planning, for example, but we could also give our data mm -hmm. into, uh, into Omniverse to, for example, visualize it, but also use it in other systems. And you could also change the data, right? So, right. Yeah. yeah. That's, so um, coming back uh, to our uh, initial 
uh, uh, our words uh, that we had on the on the VR planning. So I, I could imagine the VR planner or the logistics planner in VR moving some boxes around, and then you could actually uh, give back this data, new data to the, the virtual plant uh, in Omniverse. Is that correct? Yes. So it, it, it always depends. Um, right now, we, we, we don't have this interaction in VR in Epolog. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's something we need to take care of. But uh, from the general, um, general point of view, it's correct that you could change the data inside our software, move it and visualize it back in, into Omniverse. So, but it's not the question, does it, uh, the planner move this box or our algorithms? Yeah. yeah? yeah sure. uh, so that's not a question, but it's, the question is, uh, is it possible to have this data um, in, in, one, um, in one platform where you could use the data and other tools as well? So that's the important thing for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and where, where do you see this uh, cooperation with NVIDIA heading for you? Um, is this really now um, yeah, a future project or, or is this coming to, um, uh, to Epoloc uh, uh, really soon? Or how do you see that? <laughs> um, yeah, Omniverse itself is open beta right now. So um, I think uh, Omniverse itself, there there need to be a little bit of pro progress to uh, to use it really in the factories worldwide. But um, on our side, we have a running uh, running version of Epoloc work together with Omniverse, and we plan to bring it to first customers really soon. Yeah. It's not open to everyone right now, and uh, this could take some time. So <laughs> I don't like to promise anything for for all of our customers. But with first customers, we plan to to use it uh, really fast. Yeah, in, in first projects. Okay, cool. Well, very cool. Um, Tobias, one question that I ask everybody, of course, in this podcast, as I'm always looking into the future uh, of logistics. So uh, I always ask everybody, what is the future or how, how does the person see the future of logistics? Uh, <laughs> let's say if we take a look at uh, 2030 uh, uh, and beyond. Um, uh, but actually, in your case, I want to ask, in addition to that, how do you see the future of logistics planning uh, <laughs> in that time horizon? Um, and and uh, yeah, that, that will be interesting for, for me and for our audience, of course. Yeah, okay. Yes, uh, uh, let's start with, with the logistic in total. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we see lots of trends uh, right now in the logistics. So talking about... Uh, more and more autonomous transports inside a factory. And I think this will be a trend you can't stop anymore. So uh, the logistics itself will be more and more automated, but um, more and more autonomous as well. And um, of course, there, there, there will be, I think there, there will be a lot of jobs, manual jobs as well, but uh, it, it will be uh, a less important part if you talk about the, the logistics inside a factory. So I'm always have to, to focus on the logistics inside a factory. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's one part. And um, important to this is that it need to be more and more flexible. So in, in the past, we see at one hand really flexible manual processes and on the other hand, really 
unflexible automated processes like converse systems or yeah. something like that that's right and that's something which is more and more combined so you have the possibility to automate but to be flexible at the same time and that's the the really new thing uh, together with the uh, digitalization technology more and more intelligence inside the the automation and so on so i think that's the the biggest trend and um, if we talk about logistics planning of the future, mm -hmm. we will see that uh, it's more and more important to have integrated digital models. Yeah. Uh, so if you talk, for example, about ARMR, yeah, the ARMR itself is really intelligent with, with all these um, uh, AI algorithms or something like that. Yeah. But to do the planning, you need to integrate model. You need to see how does this arm air works inside the whole uh, logistics environment. And um, I think one part is to bring all this data together, like we do it right now, but to have more and more standard interfaces, yeah, um, like the ideas we have with Omniverse, yeah. So more and more standards. Right now, it's really unique every interface we have for all our third-party systems because every customer has really different tools and they use the tools really different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's that's one important part to be to to have more standard interfaces. Um, um, we have it if we talk about HEVs or ARM Airs right now, if, uh, we talk about the, 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 the norm we have in Germany in the automotive industry. So that's important for the factory uh, or logistic planning as well. Mm -hmm. Do you mean the, the VDA 50? Yeah, it's 50 standard, 50. Right? Yeah, okay. right. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Podcasting, uh, Tobias. I know that <laughs> you are doing a podcast yourself. Uh, yes, in, right. In, in, German, in Germany. And it's not only about logistics, it's about um, the factory, actually, right? Um, or, or what? What? Do, how would you describe it? And and uh, who are your guests in in the podcast? Yes, um, I have the Fabrik der Zukunft podcast. So mm -hmm. if you translate it, it will be the Factory of the Future podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a German uh, podcast. Um, means uh, most of my guests uh, are German speaking, <laughs> and um, yeah, we we always talk about the question: How does the Factory of the Future look like? So. Uh, we have different perspectives if you talk about factory of the future, sometimes more technology focused. But in most of the cases, we talk about the different use cases we will see. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always a question about production technologies, but also a logistic technology. So logistic is a more and more important part of the factory of the future, I think. Because of this flexibility, we do need to have in our factories. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting to see all the different ways uh, you could work on this factory of the future. Because sometimes I have scientists, yeah, I mm -hmm. have lots of uh, plant managers, for example, inside my, my podcast and um, technology providers as well. Mm -hmm. And can you see any any trends uh, for the factory of the future that that everybody is heading for? Uh, and and what was the, the most interesting interview? I mean, oh. uh, be, be, besides besides the one we did about my uh, new yes. book on logistics innovations, of course. Yeah, this this was the the best episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> 
We will uh, do so I highly recommend the episode uh, yeah, Innovationen in der Logistik. Right, but it's in German, but we will do uh, an English one on the Logistics Striped uh, channel also. I, I yeah, promise perfect. that. Yeah. <laughs> When the, the English version of the book is coming out. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. No, I think that, especially if you talk about the logistic community, there are some really interesting podcasts. So, uh, or the podcast episodes. Uh, one was uh, together with Motion Miners and Festo, mm -hmm. um, talking about the question how you could support um, the logistic optimization together with tracking and and AI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think this could be interesting for your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. um, And um, of course, we had uh, a podcast with uh, uh, Ideal Works. Yeah, so the AMR company founded by BMW. You know very well. Yeah. <laughs> so with I think Jim, that's with Jimmy Nassif. Right? Yeah, with Jimmy Nassif. Mm -hmm. So I think this could be interesting for the uh, logistics community as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I will also have a podcast together with Aculus. So. Oh, okay. uh, this could be interesting to see some some comparison, but some uh, totally uh, different aspects. So how they do the fleet management, for example, and how do they see the uh, um, modular production of the future? Mm -hmm. Because if you talk about modular production or matrix or flex cell, there are lots of names for it. But uh, then you need really flexible um, material flows at the end. Mm -hmm. And that's always a big topic. So how you could make the factory of the future more flexible. Mm -hmm. Of course, it needs to be more efficient. Eh? Mm -hmm. And also, it needs to be green. Yeah. So mm -hmm. And to bring all this together, it's a really tough job. Um, but together with uh, yeah, clever, uh, clever people on the one hand, and on the other hand, smart technology it could work. And I understand that the more you go into the future of the uh, the factory of the future, the more it gets into logistics. I love. Yeah, to see of course, that. of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Um, I talked with a, a manager out of a German automotive company, and I uh, we, I presented um, my vision of the factory of the future, and he said at the end, "Yeah, ooh, uh, we need to call it a little bit different. We need to mix it." Uh, mix the word assembly with logistics. So mm -hmm. he said it in German, so it's hard to translate, but um, it's like you will say assemblistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so a word a bit, uh, connecting the two words. Yeah. yeah, because it's if you have that flexible comp uh, um, factories, logistics will be really deep implemented part of the production. You can't separate it like you do it today. There's the production, there's logistics area or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a person who's responsible for the logistics. There's a person who's responsible for the assembly line, for example. Yeah. That's something you won't see in the future like this. Mm -hmm. And that's perhaps one of the biggest changes in the future. And is um, uh, sustainability also uh, a topic in, in your podcast? Yeah, of course. So mm -hmm. I, as I said, flexible, efficient and green. So mm -hmm. this works together. And um, you need sustainable uh, um, or, um, in the best case, zero impact factories. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something you can't afford, in my opinion. Yeah? There will be always a negative impact to the environment because if you build a building, yeah, it's negative for, for the environment. But 
um, there are lots of ideas how you could do this in a way that it's uh, yeah more and more friendly to the environment and um, that's a, it's, it's a big topic um, of course we will talk about digitalization and uh, a, a more flexible factory but mm -hmm. uh, overall it needs to be more green <laughs> yeah you're right and even if uh, tesla is building a factory uh, then uh, you got some sustainability issues right yes so, <laughs> and even if uh, if it's a, a, a factory for um electric vehicles yeah, yeah. All right. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you, uh, Tobias. Uh, I learned a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the possibility to be here. And uh, it's great to, to have a more logistics-focused podcast like yours. So thanks for the job you do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was the Logistics Try Podcast episode with Tobias Herrick from iPolog and Fabrik der Zukunft. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider dropping us a quick review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. After a short summer break for the last couple of weeks, we are now fully back to our normal schedule, so watch out for another show next week. I'm Boris Felgendreher. Until next time.